Welcome to Econ Talk, part of the Library of Economics and Liberty. I'm your host, Russ Roberts of Stanford University's Hoover Institution. Our website is econtalk.org, where you can subscribe, comment on this podcast, and find links and other information related to today's conversation. You'll also find our archives where you can listen to every episode we've ever done going back to 2006. Our email address is mail at econtalk.org. We'd love to hear from you. This week's episode is a little different. A few months ago, National Public Radio's Planet Money did a show on policy ideas that economists across the ideological spectrum agree on, more or less. But each of us also had ideas where there was no agreement whatsoever. And one of those came from Robert Frank, a proposal to spend $2 trillion on infrastructure. Planet Money decided to do a follow-up show on these ideas, so they interviewed Robert Frank and me to see if he could convince me to support his idea or if I could convince him to give it up. Alex Bloomberg of Planet Money interviewed the two of us for almost an hour. Planet Money then took that hour and distilled it down to 10 minutes as part of a recent Planet Money podcast. But I thought the full extended conversation might be of interest to Econ Talk listeners. So with permission from Alex Bloomberg of Planet Money and Robert Frank of Cornell University, here's that conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Bob, so uh, you were very adamant about the idea, this the, the infrastructure idea, and and Russ was equally adamant about how it was a bad idea. And I figured the two of you should talk talk it through and see if either of you could convince each other. So so why don't we start here? Uh, why don't Bob, you lay out your idea directly as you as you did to to uh, me and Robert, and then and then we'll we'll let Russ sort of um, see if he's convinced. Does that seem all right? Sure. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, we're here in the fourth year of a demand shortfall recession. There are millions of people out of work uh, for the simple reason that not enough is being spent to generate demand for as many people as want jobs. We've reached an impasse when it comes to arguing about the theoretical merits of Keynesian stimulus policy. Uh, that's all been done. We've 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 had good discussions about that. I don't think uh, the opposing viewpoints are going to bend at, at at this stage of the game. So I think the the next best strategy available to us is to move forward with propositions that are so reasonable that no no intelligent person could oppose them. And that's what I see the the proposal for a massive infrastructure rebuilding program to be. The, the nation's infrastructure is in tatters. I don't think there's any question about that. The American Society of Civil Engineers two years ago published a report card on it. The average grade was D. The roads are in disrepair. So are the bridges, the water systems, the sewer systems, school buildings. There's just no component of American infrastructure that's been maintained properly. The, the problem that confronts us with is that when you postpone infra, re, infrastructure repairs beyond a certain point, their cost begins to rise very, very rapidly. One of my favorite examples is a stretch 10 miles of Interstate 80 in Nevada. The Department of Transportation there estimates that if we were to repair that stretch today, we could do it for $6 million dollars. 
the roadbed's cracked. Uh, it's a heavily traveled route. Trucks, uh, very heavy trucks go on it all the time. Frost heaves the roadbed up. If we wait two years, just two years, they estimate that the cost of bringing that road up to code will rise from $6 million, the cost if we do it now, to $30 million, uh, the cost if we wait two years. Right now, there are people unemployed who know how to do that work. There are machines sitting idle in the yards that could be used to do it. The materials we would need to do the job are cheaper than they'll ever be in world markets. The the financial arrangements that we could make to, to pay for the work uh, are more favorable now. Interest rates on treasury bills, 10-year treasury bills, are lower than they've been uh, in in history. And so... What's the downside to accelerating the projects that need to be done? Uh, put a bipartisan committee in a, a locked room, have them take the American Society of Civil Engineers report with them, and let them identify the projects they don't think should be undertaken right away. All the rest get the green light. We invite states and municipal governments to submit proposals to begin work on these projects, and they'll be funded and given the green light to go ahead. That would put people to work. It would put idle machines back online. It would put money in the pockets of the people doing the job. And then whether we argue any longer about whether that creates multiplier effects, uh, most economists think that it would. But if you say it wouldn't, at, at least we've got some repaired bridges and roads at less than the cost that we'll have to incur if we wait. All right, Russ. What's the problem with that? What? Well, <clears throat> I just want to start by mentioning this idea that we don't spend enough and that's why we have a recession. Consumer spending is above what it was at its peak before the recession started. So as government spending, business investment is not recovered and that's I think because of a lack of confidence. Uh, we could debate why that confidence isn't there. Then the question is, will this type of spending stimulate the economy? So Bob wants to put that aside. I'm happy to do that as well. Then it's just a question of, are these good projects? Uh, have, his idea gives me a strong sense of deja vu. We did this in 2009. We made a list of shovel-ready projects. Uh, maybe it wasn't the right list. Uh, maybe uh, we picked the wrong things. We repaired things that didn't need repairing, built roads and bridges that didn't need building. But we certainly tried in 2009 to spend money quickly on things we thought were going to produce a bang for the buck outside of just the spending effect that would also maybe be good projects. That turned out to be quite difficult to do. We couldn't do it quickly. Uh, I suspect a lot of projects got done that weren't so useful. Um, and I wouldn't rely on the American Society of Engineers. Asking them for what we should spend money on for infrastructure is a little bit like asking school teachers whether we should spend more money on education. The answer is always yes. The fact that they give us a D is not very informative. Spending on infrastructure in the United States as a percentage of GDP has been pretty steady over the last decade or more. Um, so the debate has to be, well, we just – there's still some projects that are urgent. There are bridges that are falling down. There are roads that have holes in them or have cracked roadbeds. And sure, we should fix those. Then it's a question of who pays for them. And do we want the federal government paying for them or do we want states to incur those costs? Uh, that's an interesting debate. I generally think that states have been irresponsible in how they spend their money and giving them the opportunity to avoid that responsibility seems like a bad idea. So I think states should fix bridges that are falling down and roads that are state roads, certainly. 
Federal roads should be repaired when they when it's useful. Uh, so I don't understand this push for a big new sudden. Uh, I don't really see the rationale for it, and and I don't see the rationale for it in in practice. I understand the theoretical idea, but I don't think carpenters are in Nevada who are unemployed right now and have been for three or four years. Uh, I don't think they're going to be working on road repair and road building and bridge building. I think those are actually different skills. So I'm skeptical on many, many fronts. So, Bob, let me let me take those point point by point here. So, so first of all, let's uh, the 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 um, the stimulus program. Yeah. So, just two years ago, we did a gigantic. We borrowed a lot of money and invested in infrastructure projects. What? Why? Why? Why are we still so far behind? Why? Why do we need to do it again? When the financial crisis broke. Employment and output were falling far faster than they were during the the onset of the Great Depression. We had never seen anything quite like the collapse that was occurring during this particular financial crisis. the The forecast at the time was that we faced a demand shortfall of two trillion dollars a year. The stimulus package, which was hammered out in the ugly political process that everybody uh, decries with good reason was for a total of $787 billion spread out over three years. Uh, economists were warning at the time that it was nowhere up to the, the size necessary to deal with the demand shortfall that it was an attempt to remedy. So again, $787 billion try, spread out over three years but, trying to remedy a demand but this shortfall is, this is $2 the, trillion the Ke- per year. This is the Keynesian story. What I'm wondering though is sort of if we just spent – you know. Hundreds of billions of dollars on infrastructure in 2009. Why is there all of a sudden two trillion dollars of infrastructure pro- problems? We, we, you know, we, we just we spent more spend. than we'd, we'd spent in a long time on infrastructure. No, the infrastructure component of the bill was quite small because of the, ridicule, ri- the political wrangling that led to the bill. Much of it was in the form of ineffective tax cuts. Uh-huh. The, the limited was- component of of that bill that went for infrastructure. Uh, was spent to hire people to fix projects and and build projects the the congressional budget office the 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 nonpartisan analysts who have studied the stimulus package have agreed that except for it the economy would have gone into a much deeper tailspin so the idea that we tried that and it didn't work that's a fiction the the stimulus package was too small there's a lot of infrastructure uh, that's in tatters. I, I agree with Russ that we don't want to take the American Society of Civil Engineers' opinion as the final word on that. They have an interest, obviously. But has anyone driven on the roads that we have in this country? Uh, has, any, has anyone read any of the independent reports about the number of bridges that are, roughly speaking, in the same condition that the bridge that collapsed over I-35 on the way into Minneapolis was in when it collapsed. There, there are just thousands of projects waiting to be done that need only the authorization to, to, to be done. To say that the states <coughs> ought to do, do them is just to miss the point of public finance in the United States. States are not allow, allowed to run deficits. They, they must run balanced budgets under their constitutions. It's the federal government that right now has access to the cheapest capital that's ever been available in the world. We we have 
pressing capital investments. Again, spending $6 million now to avoid having to spend $30 million in two years is not wasting the public money. If, you, if you're worried that we're in debt and we can't afford to take on projects like these, you really ought to be worried that if we don't take on projects like these, we're going to have a much, much bigger debt to bequeath to our grandchildren. Yeah, what, the, Russ, the whole what about, idea well, yeah, of me, trying me, to economize by not doing projects that need to be done is false economy. What do, what do, you, what do you say to that, Russ? I mean, that makes that. I mean, to, that makes sense to me. Like, if you you know, it's better to it's it's better to you know, a stitch in nine, you know, a stitch in time yeah, so, nine. You know, it, so we should that, be that basic we should, idea. We should be uh, investing in new weapon systems too, because they're cheap now. Also, and I think that's a silly argument. And I'm sure the Defense Department will tell us. And defense contractors will tell us why this is a great time and we have so many need, pressing needs and military investment. And I just – I don't see it. Uh, we spend plenty on the military, too much in my opinion, and we spend plenty on infrastructure, probably too much because a lot of it gets wasted through the political wrangling that uh, caused the waste that uh, that Bob talked about in the stimulus bill. Just a correction of fact, the bulk of the stimulus did not go towards tax cuts. About a third went towards tax cuts. About a third went to state and local budgets, which they chose to spend, strangely enough, not so much on infrastructure, a little bit, but mostly on other things. Uh, and about a third, a little less than a third, went to uh, what we would call infrastructure. And it's not a very big amount, but that's what politics is. So to advocate more infrastructure for crucial projects is a nice idea. Whether we would actually get more money for crucial projects is uh, remains to be seen. I don't think there's any evidence that's reliable uh, on the effects of the stimulus spending, by the way, on job creation. Yes, many economists will argue that there's evidence that, that the stimulus helped make it be better than it otherwise would have been. Uh, that evidence is all based on models. It's not actually looking at what actually happened. There's no CBO estimate that actually looks at the data to evaluate whether the economy would have been worse. They've explicitly publicly admitted that that's too difficult. So it's based on existing Keynesian models, which we could debate about, but I'm skeptical of. Uh, I would add that Japan's tried this for a long time. They have spent trillions. I think the answer, the number is uh, between 1991 and 2000, and I think it was six, so roughly a 15-year period. Uh, they spent over $6 trillion on uh, paving over parts of Japan that hadn't been paved over before. Uh, most Japanese people, I think, are not so happy about it, and there's no evidence that uh, that it had much of an impact except to increase Japan's debt to a very high level. So I think let's let's talk about what we agree on. What Bob and I agree on is, is if there's a bridge about to fall down, it's a good idea to fix it. Uh, and the question then comes, who's, who should fix it? The, the implication that there are hundreds, dozens, thousands of bridges about to fall down because we've been uh, profligate elsewhere suggests uh, that the process doesn't work very well, number one. But number two, the implication is, is that that's out there, and I don't know any evidence for that. Bob asked, you, have you driven on the roads? Well, I drive a lot on the Beltway outside Washington, D.C., and there's plenty of people out there working, trying to make that road bigger, and they're adding a toll road. There's a lot of infrastructure going on. I don't know whether that's stimulus money or not. And if it's if it's money well spent, we should spend it. You got to make the case. You can't just say there's two trillion dollars laying around of unpicked fruit that's uh, going to make us better off. There's just no evidence for it. I wish it were, but there isn't. Okay. Again, though, the proposal was aimed specifically at that concern. It was to put uh, a, let each side pick its own trusted representatives, send them into a locked room with all the data that. 
uh, either side requests and have them emerge from the room with an agreement on which projects are legitimate and should be done. And then put those projects out for bid. Just invite people. It can be private firms who do the work. It can be state governments who do the work. It can be municipal governments that do it. We don't need to get involved in that level of detail. All, all that the committee needs to do is agree that these are the projects that need to be done. And there are thousands of them. But, Bob, if that's your model of politics, let's not uh, – why limit stimulus spend? Why limit infrastructure spending to this great process? Let's have military spending be the same way, Social Security. Let's get a, a partisans of both sides in a locked room and tell, ask them only to pass the stuff that, that's good and worthwhile. Well, that's hard to agree on, evidently, and it isn't the way the political process is designed to work in the United States. We don't have a, uh elite group of experts that get to spend trillions of dollars of other people's money. And I, to be honest, I'm kind of glad that's the case. Republicans and Democrats behind closed doors often spend money on stuff that I don't think is very good. And so I, I think that's part of the problem, not part of the solution. Well, again, uh, the the proposal is that attention focus on those projects that have been identified as in serious disrepair. It's not why like aren't they the being project, fixed now? It's, it's, it, why why haven't they like, been done before? What's holding us back? These projects that are so urgent. The, the why money aren't they being done? has not been authorized for them. Why not? Well, I think one reason is that there are many people who say that anything the government touches. Uh, turns into waste the moment they get their hands on it, and so we don't dare give any money to the government. Uh, th- that's the that strategy, that very influential very... starve the beast argument that I think has cut off uh, our ability to fund useful government projects in this country for many decades now. Is the beast smaller than it used to be? That's starving the beast. The beast grows every year. That argument that government is evil, that the tax money is wasted – that's not persuading anybody in positions of the, power. The beast, in we fact, keep spending is more. smaller than it used to be. The, Which one? The, the, not you, the federal you said beast. government spending was as high as it was before. Uh, no, the reason it's much higher. It's much higher. Spending is as high <laughs> as it was before is that the government is now spending an enormous amount on uh, Medicaid uh, Increases because people are out of work and don't have medical insurance. They're spending on long-term unemployment insurance. There are all sorts of transfers that are triggered in the social safety net when the economy is in recession. That's not the same as a sustainable spending increase. That's not those my government. Those are dollars. Those are dollars that will go off the books once the economy recovers. So you're saying the, 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 the size in government, Bob, you're saying the size in government is, is – the government has grown in size because of automatic triggers in, in mandatory spending and not because yeah, the of recent, a, a, a the, the, in, since Since the financial crisis, the increase in government spending that's occurred, part was due to the stimulus bill. That's run out now. Any residual is primarily a consequence of the transfer payments that are triggered by the – lingering recession conditions in the labor market. But we spend more on everything at the governmental level. It wasn't just the stimulus. It's not just the automatic stabilizers or the safety net and the results of the recession. And at the state level, it's also true. We spend too much. If we really have crucial problems, there are so many things that we could spend less on elsewhere that's also wasted. Um, And we had a – your your argument had its day. In 2009, we put, we had a chance to spend – you can debate whether it was too big, too small. We did spend an extra, in theory, $787 billion. It ended up being, I think, over $800 billion. 
and uh, some of it went toward infrastructure. And you're suggesting that that process was flawed. We missed a chance to do $2 trillion worth of stuff that's worth doing. Could be. Uh, I'm skeptical. I think we probably did a bunch of projects that weren't worth doing, and I don't know why another process would end up any different. Do, do you have examples of projects, pro- projects that we did that you think weren't worth doing? In the stimulus bill? Yeah. I, I don't know. The infrastructure any component yeah. of it. I don't know. I've never looked at it carefully. Right. Uh, th- I assume some of it was worthwhile, some of it wasn't. I mean, so, so, so Russ, I'm, I'm persuaded by when I saw what, yeah. When I saw the shovel ready, when states came forward with their list of shovel ready projects, which was a different process designed to solve the problems that Bob's talking about, some of them were ludicrous, some of them I'm sure were useful. Uh, it, who knows? So, 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 and, and and Russ, I feel like I feel like there's like, I, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, there's there's a, there's I'm persuaded by your skepticism in certain respects, but then I feel like also it sometimes bends over into sort of an a, sort of an outright cynicism about the possibility of anybody doing anything right, and you know, just because. You know, the Society of Professional Engineers, yes, they have a vested interest. They would get the contracts to do the infrastructure repairs, probably, with their members. On the other hand, you know, a doctor gets paid more if I have a heart condition, but I generally trust the doctor to accurately diagnose if I have a heart condition. You know what I mean? Like there's – there's just because somebody has a has an inter- has a vested interest doesn't mean you can discount what they – doesn't mean you, you can disbelieve what they say. You know, maybe you maybe you take a grand oh, of no, yeah, right? Of course not. Yeah, so – Of course not. But, but, but I wouldn't I – wouldn't, uh, Take a grade of D for America's infrastructure from the American Society of Civil Engineers as being a very informative judgment. I'm I'm happy to accept the possibility that there are roads that need repair or bridges that need repair. And let me say very clearly, I'm out in California for the summer at Stanford at the Hoover Institution. I go across the Golden Gate Bridge every once in a while on Sundays, and I think it's one of the most glorious uh, achievements of mankind. I like the Brooklyn Bridge too, but we don't need a second bridge across that that uh, channel. And to suggest uh, you'd have to put it to the test, and, and to Russ, suggest nobody, that somehow no, that, you're arguing against something that no one's proposed. People are proposing to fix the bridges and roads and sewer systems and water systems that are demonstrably substandard. That's the proposal. Don't throw gratuitous waste in and say you're against that. We're all against that. I don't know who has responsibility for the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, I, I it's, it's, good, some... it's good to be skeptical, skeptical of the government. I think uh, it, there are documented instances in which bureaucrats have feathered their own nests when people weren't looking. You do have to keep a close watch. But I think it's, it's a mistake to just assume that the private sector is immune from imperfection. Have, have you ever transferred – in the Philadelphia airport uh, from one plane to another on U.S. airways, uh, you will abandon any faith that the private sector is always <laughs> more efficient than the never public s- sector once you do that. Read Dilbert. I never Dilbert said, founded I never s- on real episodes in yeah. the workplace. You know, yes, it's it, – yes. There, are, so the there question- are lots of good government officials. My wife is a Here's city council Bob. woman. She works hard. The, the, they're trying to build good government institutions here and, and they're making headway when they try to do that. When you just bash the government and say it's always evil, it's always wasteful. I didn't say and that. And you poison the well, basically. I didn't say that. I'm not the guy who mentioned the political wrangling that led to the $787 billion stimulus bill to come out not so attractively. That was that was your argument for why we you didn't do it You want me to tell right. you whose side messed up that bill? We can go into that, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you could debate it, I guess. 
Yeah. But it, let me, there, was let me, a, yeah. there was a Democratic there was a Democrat there was a de- at that time. I think there was a Democratic House, Senate and uh, president. Am I wrong? Let's say I think the Democrats had no control of all three is free institutions. Of blame yeah, yeah. In the, in Let, the I, don't, I don't want to go back. You needed and fight sixty this votes in the right. Senate to let's, get that. Yeah, let's not get into let's not get yeah, into life, a, 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 an argument about, about two thousand nine. But I do want to say I want to yeah. say one important thing, which is I've had a mixed experience with U.S. Air. I've had some good experiences, some bad experiences. The, the most important difference between U.S. Air and the government is that U.S. Air can't force me to fly their planes. They can't take go into my bank account. The U.S. government can, so they have a different standard. And I, both sides make mistakes. Both sides have corruption. But one side has the power to take my money. And when you tell me that you're going to put a bunch of experts in a room and of political persuasion and tell them they have a $2 trillion – they can spend – I don't know how much you want to let them spend, but they, only, they should only spend on worthwhile projects. Again, I think we have a long track record of what happens when Republicans and Democrats go behind closed doors to, to, to take on construction projects. If you think that's a pretty picture, we just have probably a different perception. And, and the, yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, the, uh, Bob, to, to, to Russ's point about – so this is so so basically you, you you know you're you're focusing on infrastructure but I'm assuming and I don't know if this is the case but I'm assuming that if you found a any professional society could tell you a similar story about a number of different aspects of you know I'm sh- certainly you know with I've been doing a bunch of stories about education you could definitely find people in the education community that said you know if we had, you know, we should, if, if you know, two trillion dollars spent on education now will save us, you know, X trillions. I, in the I future, don't think you, know? you could find credible experts willing to say that because most of the studies on education suggest that the amount of money you spend per pupil has a, a very difficult to detect relationship with educational outcomes. So I, I think that's just the kind of claim that wouldn't withstand scrutiny. Uh, people have direct experience with the state of our current infrastructure. It's not an outlandish claim to say that it's in tatters. It is in tatters. We're the richest country in the world. We have trains on the most heavily populated cor- corridor anywhere in the world that have top speeds of 70 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're not a third world nation. We're a fourth world nation in terms of our infrastructure. There, there's just a, a, a huge amount that needs to be done just to avoid incurring bigger costs in the future. There's a, there are a couple of bottlenecks on I-95 uh, on the rail corridor up the, the, the northeast, which force truck traffic onto I-95. You can't get double-decker train cars underneath low-clearance bridges on the, on the rail line going up the northeast quarter. It would cost something like $6 billion to eliminate those bottlenecks. But the moment you did that, you'd cut costs by $12 billion. That's a savings on net. Uh, we're wealthier if we spend that money. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do it now? Why hasn't it been done? These are not things that are responsible. We have an earthquake. You have a uh, a tragedy. The reason we don't do it is that people are saying the U.S. government's in debt. We can't afford to spend more money because that would impoverish our grandchildren. That's a false argument. Uh, it's true that the debt is an important problem. It's true that in the long run, we do need to bring in enough revenue to pay down the debt. But if you're spending on an investment, that doesn't impoverish your grandchildren. Think about it from the perspective of, fam- of a family. It's a very common mantra to say that neither the government nor a business nor a family can spend more than it takes in, uh, and that's just an ironclad rule of economics. No, not in the short run and not when we're talking about investment. Here's a family thinking about whether to 
put insulation in its attic after energy prices have gone up. It's going to have to borrow $5,000 to pay for the job. That means it's going to pay off a loan for 10 years, $50 a month. It's already in debt, so should they therefore not do this project? The the question uh, has no answer unless we know how much money they're going to save by doing the project. If their utility bills will go down by 100 a month if they do the project, then what's the argument against doing it? Yes, they'll go into debt by doing it, but they'll be better off month by month, uh, $50 a month better off for the first 10 years, $100 a month thereafter. These are the kinds of dollars we should be spending. And you think so there's $2 we- trillion dollars worth of projects out there where if you spend the $2 trillion now or next year – we would actually be making back more than that money the, the, in, in, over the next over the near term. Yes, but what if it weren't two trillion? What if it were one trillion? What if it were half a trillion? Do that. Do that amount that we can all agree are in that category. And and Russ, what do you? Th- I mean, that seems perfectly reasonable, I, right? Well, Bob acts like there's. Uh, we live in a world where no one's thought of the idea that government could fix some infrastructure. Government spends. Hundreds of billions of dollars on this already. Uh, we we build roads, we repair bridges, we do all these things, and we do lots of other things. And let's suppose Bob's proposal doesn't pass. Is he suggesting that that government officials would can't find any money for these crucial, valuable investments? I, I, I mean, that's what government's supposed to do. Government is supposed to spend its money wisely. We have increased the level of spending. At every level of government over the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, was every one of those expenditures so much more valuable than than what, what he's talking about? And we just didn't have enough left over and it's uh, uh, somehow there, there's this, this ceiling on government spending. I'm all for repairing bottlenecks and bridges. I think they're being repaired now. Maybe there's some that yep. haven't been repaired yet that we should. Great, let's do it. I'm all we agree on that. The question is, go. what in the current what in the current political process stops those repairs? I don't understand that. They're, what, they are, what's they're happened being done. is that the the national political dialogue has been hamstrung by the perception that we're in a situation now because federal debt has grown, grown largely because of the Bush tax cuts for the first part of, of this century, but then after that because of the financial crisis and the increase in government spending in response to it. Because government debt has de- has grown and because debt in the long run is a serious problem, we need to launch an era of fiscal austerity. Uh, this is the thinking that has been governing Europe for the past three years. It's now been shown beyond any re- reasonable doubt that that was exactly the wrong policy for There's been no austerity. Where has there been a- pursued? Where has there been- Your, Europe is falling once again in in the UK. It's it's a quite vivid experiment. The, the Cameron government launched fiscal austerity as its response to the financial crisis, and no, here goes Britain slumping back into recession. It didn't you spend do less. not engage in fiscal austerity when the economy is suffering from a severe demand downturn. Wait, Bob, for the deficits last- are a long run problem. You fix that by bringing revenues and spending into balance in the long run. Austerity is a negative effect on the economy in the short run when you're in a recession. Where's the austerity? I don't see any. Where is it? In the United States, we spend for the last three years a trillion more than we take in. And it's not just because we're spending less and and collecting even less in revenue. We're spending more. Every state is spending more. Europe is not practicing austerity. UK is not. They're talking about it. You said they're thinking about austerity, but they're not doing austerity. 
Greece, I think, maybe is the only country in Europe. There might be one more. I can't. I'm not sure. I've looked at data lately. But most countries in Europe are spending more than they did before. There's no austerity. There's been no experiment, no evidence, and no uh, conclusive claim now you can make about the impacts of this. And we're certainly not the, trying the, in the United States. The scatter plots are very clear. That's correlation, not causation. So you can quibble. But if you look at the European countries where government spending has declined the most – where you will see a very clear relationship between unemployment declined. and those changes. Wait, so, so, so the, the, it has a decline. It's not a fact. Sorry. Wait, wait. Let's uh, maybe um, let, me, let me getting back to the infrastructure idea. I, what I do feel like I we're having like, so much fun. I, Why do we have to go back to infrastructure? I think, go ahead. I think um, yeah, you're. <laughs> I have to cut this together. Um, <laughs> Good uh, luck. Yeah. So um, the uh, the 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 question of um, why is this not happening already? I do find a compelling one. Like Bob, I, I definitely believe that there is a debate about the role and size of government that has been longstanding and has started, you know, this goes back for decades now. And centuries. Yes. <laughs> and uh and uh, and what and and there are certainly and there's, you know, there that that is that is clearly a you know, a big debate and there's and there are the people will stand up and oppose things based on, you know, that's we we can't afford it, we shouldn't be doing it, that's not the proper role of government. But I also think that roads and bridges are not they don't fall along you know those typical partisan lines everybody's pretty much in favor of roads and bridges that work and and i don't I, do you have an example of yep. you know besides the 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 road in nevada which which i'm I don't, you know, I don't. I, I just don't know anything about. It. Are, are there other examples of of a situation where they need the money right now, and for and and for some reason it's not getting there right now? What, what's another example? The the water systems. There have been numerous urban water systems that have failed in the last year. There there are the 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 interstates are. By law, by current law, repaired ninety percent on the federal budget. Mm -hmm. If if Russ wants to ask why isn't the federal government sending the money out to repair stretches like the one in Nevada, here's a political explanation. Recall months ago, the the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell said the the main priority of his caucus was to see that President Obama was not reelected. So now somebody comes to the Senate with a proposal to have a large infrastructure program to repair desperately needed uh, uh, fissures and roads and bridges. Uh, it needs 60 votes in the Senate. How does the Republican caucus vote on that? It knows that if that project is approved, uh, people will be put back to work and the chances that President Obama will be reelected will go up. Uh, might it occur to Mitch McConnell to instruct his caucus members to to filibuster against that bill so that it needs 60 votes to pass? Uh, I don't know. What does Russ think about that? Do you really think that we spend less on highway repair and construction today than we did, say, five, ten years ago? We spend you less really than think, we should. You really is think? The, is that's the a point. different question. We have that's more highways. Question. Of course, we spend more. So, 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 wh why is this a, a pressing problem now, and it wasn't a pressing problem before? 
it was a pressing problem before. But now we can kill two birds with one stone. We can not only I know, but so this gets back to the the things that need fixing, but we can put people back to work simultaneously. And it just so happens because people are out of work and the economy is in deep recession, the capital that we would need to finance the projects is cheaper than it's ever been. Let so 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 just to just to finish this out, we. How long has it? How long have we needed to borrow billions, possibly trillions of dollars? How long will for for how long? How do I? I don't even know the tense that I want to ask this question. And sorry, but basically, what you're saying is, how long has infrastructure been in tatters? How long has infrastructure been in tatters? How long? Yeah, yeah. This is a this is a problem that has been accumulating for the last several decades. It's, so you it's can't worse really blame year it by on, year. I don't think you can blame it on. Uh, and I don't think you want to blame it on the political uh, recalcitrance of one party or another. And I think it's a hard argument to make that one party is against spending when both parties have been spending like drunken sailors. Uh, you mentioned the Bush tax cuts. You should mention the that caused deficits. You should mention the Bush spending. Bush spent an enormous sum of money on uh, health care and on the wars that he started, and that's along with okay. The I'll tax mention cuts. those; those were important well, too. They're all they're all important. Government spends lots of money. I, I don't think it's a. Uh, I think it's a hard claim to make that the reason we haven't fixed these problems is because people have stood up and said government spends too much. They do say that. They don't act that way. We spend more than we than we did before. We do that almost every single year. And we spend it on many things that are not the useful province of government. Roads and bridges are one of the better things you can you have government do. So government should stick to that and other things that are crucial that government can do that the private sector doesn't do well. And it should get out of those other things and free up the money to so bridges don't fall down. So that's, that's what we why agree I thought on, I you think, of all which, people would agree with the proposal I made. Well, by itself – I don't think it flies because I'd like to see it for everything. But again, I don't think that's part of the American political process. I don't think you can cherry pick and say, well, the political process is a big, ugly mess. It wastes a ton of money. So what we need to do, though, are these crucial things over here with this group of experts. Uh, that's that's a fantasy. It's not it's not our political system. And uh, let's fix our political system so it spends money more wisely. Let's fix our constitution. Let's I'm have a different budget that. process. Good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, Can, who's going to play the guitar now? Just what, what do you think about sing kumbaya? What do you think about the idea, though, of like of this? Like now is a good time to do this because our borrowing costs are so low. Well, I gave the example earlier just because I wanted to pick on Bob of, of military spending as well. You make the same argument. Why it doesn't matter how low interest rates are, it doesn't pay to buy a bomb you don't need. Yeah, and I would say that's true about a bridge repair or a road. The question is, yeah, don't, how do you don't keep build out? a bridge you don't need. Don't build a road right. you don't need. And we do all those things. We we build well, weapons we don't need, and we right. build no, bridges wait, no. we don't need. Hold on, hold on. Let's put <laughs> let's put <laughs> ten Bob, of your you, people in a room with ten of my people. <laughs> we'll publish the list they come out with, so they'll be embarrassed if they propose but something that doesn't he, need. He, doing. Here is here's the other. I think basically, Russ, what you're saying is we already do that. We put yeah. ten of your people and ten of yeah. your people in a room. It's called the it's yeah. called the transportation committee, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, or the the appropriations committee. And then and, the bill gets think, filibustered. And then the bill, right? Exactly. Oh, so, Bob, so, Bob, that's not the problem. Are you going to argue yes, that it the is reason the problem, we have? Russ. Uh, so for the last oh 
uh, for all the years when there wasn't the filibustering and there wasn't this this hardcore. It's not the only uh, problem, Russ. It's it's the problem right now that keeps us from doing what would be clearly in everyone's interest to see done. There, so why there, there doesn't it winners stop all and losers the tr- here? There are only winners. If we fix a road for $6 million now instead of spending $30 million in two years, there are no losers from that process. Everybody ends up richer. And there, again, I say the reason that it hasn't happened before, even though we're spending so much more than we did with all that filibustering that you're saying is holding spending back, is what? Why hasn't the Transportation Committee allocated spending towards roads that are falling apart and bridges that are falling down? Why hasn't the president of the United States, Republican or Democrat, argued that we need to do this, that we spend plenty too much on other things. And yet the total level of government spending keeps growing. And you're arguing that somehow there's this libertarian philosophy out there that's keeping government from doing what it should be doing. That means that the other things it's doing, it shouldn't be doing because it's grown enormously bigger. Things have gotten worse since the deficits that came in the wake of the Bush spending increases and tax cuts. The pressure on government increases. spending ha- has has grown worse since then. And and it look, shouldn't it? government's shouldn't imperfect. It? You you cut what you can, not what you should cut. Uh, that's the way it seems to work. When when the Bush administration was under severe pressure to do something about deficits, it looked for things to cut. Well, what gets cut? People have uh, programs that that uh, they they want to be there. They're going to scream if you cut their program. So when when a program's uh, under consideration for being cut, the first thing the politicians ask is, "How loud are the supporters of this program going to scream?" And because that's the the force that governs it, what we cut during the Bush era was number one, the Energy Department's program for rounding up poorly guarded nuclear materials in the former Soviet Union. Why should we cut spending to round up those those dangerous materials? That was the last thing we should have cut, but nobody knew about that program, so nobody complained when its funding got cut. We cut the, the budget for the research, research uh, funding for the National Science Foundation. Uh, we shouldn't have been cutting that at a time when America's competitive advantage is dissolving uh, in the face of, of patents being filed uh, by by people all around the world, not us, as as was historically our our natural strength. We're cutting we're cutting our our natural advantage when we cut things like that. But that's the way it works. So few things have been cut. It's a very short list. Most things most things have <laughs> it's gotten hard to cut. bigger. Mo- right, most things have gotten bigger. So we have a lot more money to spend than we had before at the state level, a lot more money to spend before than we had to spend before at the federal level. And yet somehow the process wasn't able to fix life-threatening bridges, roads, and other – and water systems. Either right. we need to That's radically revamp – we either need uh, – maybe, perhaps. If that's true, we have to revamp our political system. What you're suggesting, which is an interesting idea, be an interesting private initiative to get a group of, of people – of different perspectives uh, to make a list of the most crucial infrastructure needs of the United States. Uh, maybe it's a long list. I, I doubt it because I think we've been spending a lot on infrastructure, but maybe it's not enough. It's possible. Accept your possibility. You got to make the case. You got to make the case. You can't just say there's a lot of roads that have potholes or once a bridge fell down. You got to make the case. And I, and then and, yeah. and I assume that case gets made in the Department of Trans in the Department of Transportation every single day. And they're not winning the day for reason. Either the case isn't good enough or there are other things that are that are more important or there's corruption, implicit yeah. or literal or implicit. 
Well, yeah, and so, 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 Bob, I have two questions for you. But one, yeah, why, why isn't that case? So, so you're saying the reason that you need a new process to 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 sort of fund these infrastructure projects because I'm I I I have to agree with Russ that that this it seems like this case is probably being made at various levels of government all the time. You know, there's certainly we, this. Well, I will say we do need a new process. We need uh, when the Senate reconvenes after the next election. I think the first order of business should be to eliminate the filibuster, except in very, very unusual circumstances. That, you all that like would that, be an institutional. When... That would be an institutional reform that I think would uh, free up some of the logjam that we find now. But is the, so so basic. But your idea. That you, would you agree with us that this case has been made to Congress before? Like that there are there are people who are arguing as you are arguing now. Listen, we're, this is a this is we're we're losing money down the road. It just it makes perfect sense to invest in these things right now. We should be doing this. That that case is being made. Yeah, at there, there are people government, arguing right? that case. Yes, yeah. and so and so the 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 your plan essentially involves basically changing the location of where that argument takes place. Right. My my proposal asks both sides to come together and abandon partisan advantage and just agree that we will do on on a short fuse the projects that really need to be done because now's the cheapest time that we'll ever face for being able to do these projects. Right. And again, they're not projects that don't ever need to be done. They're projects that need to be done and will cost more if we wait. Okay, and then the, the, and then my second question. I asked you specifically for like aside from the, the 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 road in Nevada, are there other are there other like key projects that I could sort of go and look at and say like this is the this is another example of one that's just uh, yeah. Absolutely- I mentioned the two the two bottlenecks in on the rail corridor going up the northeast. Uh, mm-hmm. th- those are are well documented. Uh, if if you'll. Uh, Go on Slate last week and read uh, Matt Iglesias' report uh, mm-hmm. from a, a rail expert that identified uh, a very low-cost alternative to the to Amtrak's proposal to spend $150 billion on the Northeast Rail Corridor. Uh, there's an alternative I read proposal yeah, I read of investments that would that would get travel times between Boston, New York, and Washington down – Almost as far as the much bigger investment for less than ten percent of the money, that's that's an investment that would pay off uh, huge uh, returns in 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 the short run, and would also put people back to work. And and Russ, you don't you don't ha- you don't have an argument with that, right? You, you know, spending uh, one point five million versus one hundred fifty million, right? That there's... It seems like a winner. Yeah. <laughs> so. So so there's so what's the argument about that? I think there's that? probably like, there's so the, probably a disagreement uh-huh. about whether it's a um, effectively uh, whether the benefits are as large as, as are claimed as there often is. These things are not. Uh-huh. You know, again, I think this is a. Um, I, I'm not sure what we're, what we're just. There's a number of things we're disagreeing over here, but right. Well, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So, yeah. so I feel like I feel like that nobody disagrees that you know if it I needs think, to be done and we can do it for cheap, we should do it. Right. Like that seems to be a. a I don't yeah. think so, but you know, I, I don't. Bob and I have an interesting difference of opinion about the efficacy of government uh, in action. Uh, I look at it 
the way it is, and I don't understand why we need to allocate more money, given that we've already allocated more money to government. And I would suggest that to fix these crucial things, we should find other things that are not doing being done well and do less of those. That's what families do and businesses do when they reach a budget constraint. Bob's suggesting maybe that there is – he's suggesting two things, that the budget constraint's not as, as binding as it, as it appears to be and that we need a different way to come to agreement on these things. Uh, that's a, the second – first point is worth debating and it's, a, it's disputed. It's an interesting question. The second point I think is, is just not realistic for how politics actually works. I'll agree with Russ that the U.S. government doesn't function very well. There, there are, are in fact, uh, long data series that, that support that quantitatively. There's a, a group called Transparency International in Berlin. They do surveys around the world in which they ask citizens to rate their governments, uh, the quality of the public goods and services that they provide, the, the level of corruption they perceive on the part of government officials and so on. There are about 10 countries that consistently score at the top of the TI list year in and year out. The Scandinavian countries are among them, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, a handful of others. We rank about 25th on that list. Uh, all the other countries at the top are high-income countries. We're richer than any of them in per capita terms. And we're very skeptical of government and we have sort of built an environment in, in which it's very difficult to recruit good people to, to work in government. If people make fun of you all the time, why would you want to be a government employee, really? We, we have here a, a, a nice natural experiment. We, we had a DMV that was like all the departments of motor vehicles. When I first moved to Ithaca, it was a, it was a nightmare. You'd go and you'd wait in line all, all afternoon and you'd be treated rudely by the clerks. Then, about 20 years ago, Aurora Valenti was elected Republican County Clerk, uh, an office that happens to have control of the DMV. She said to the employees there, look, you're miserable. Nobody wants to come visit you uh, and do business here. It's, it's like getting a root canal. They'd rather do anything but come here. You're, you're unhappy. The people are unhappy. Why don't we turn that around? And so she made uh, special arrangements with Albany that the clerks who took your money could also process your forms. That was a, an intervention she did. She gave them sales and personality training uh, and, and just emphasized to them that the goal was to have the consumer leave with a smile on her face. And, and lo and behold, now, this DMV that we have is a pleasure to deal with. You know, if you bash the government, if you say government's corrupt, you can't do anything about government, that's, that kind of steers the good people away from government and makes them feel nothing can be done. You need government. There's, not, there's lots of things that we can't do very well with just relying on ourselves or on private markets. And, and if you have to have a government, why not have a good government? So I think that's, that's you know, I, I agree with Russ. The government's bad in, in many ways. We should focus, though, not on trying to strip it down so it doesn't, doesn't have the resources to do anything, but rather on trying to make it more effective so it can do those things that need to be done collectively more efficiently. But, but Russ and if is, it did, yeah. Sorry. And if it did those and if it did those things, it would be much smaller and that would be good and it would do the things that it should be doing well instead of poorly. And that's where I think we also agree. Uh, the things How the big government the government poorly, would be is a, is a, a question to be settled by, yeah, by public input. The, the, the 10 countries at the top of the list all spend more in the public sphere per capita than we do. 
Their roads are well maintained for the most part. Their bridges don't collapse. They have uh, everyone has access to health insurance. They've they've got a, a well ordered public sector, uh, and and in most cases the rich don't feel stifled or or. Uh, oppressed by the government, the, the people seem happy in those countries. So I think well, the ones, the it's ones, time to rethink the ones who how do. big a problem government is. <laughs> the, 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 if I could just like try to come to some sort of closing thought here. <laughs> indulge me because um, I feel like we've we've gone all over the place in terms of sort of like there's there's we're we're we're, we're fighting about the roads and the infrastructure plan, but then. Um, I think it's safe to say a lot of old battles are creeping into this conversation. Yeah. No, it's all tangled. Yeah. It all, it's tangled together. <laughs> um, and, 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 but I, it seems like the fundamental question that, like, it just sort of hit me as you guys were both talking there at the end. Russ, you keep saying, Bob, you keep saying there's a role for government and, and like bashing government keeps it from doing the good things that government is capable of doing. And Russ, and I'm you bashing keep saying, government. You and I'm bashing government because government keeps doing the things it shouldn't be doing. So if government didn't do the things it shouldn't be doing and focus on what it should be doing and doing it well, Bob and I would be uh, sitting around the campfire singing Kumbaya. Uh, so the question is, given that government does a lot of things badly, spends a lot of money on things it shouldn't be spending money on, and Bob says, but wait a minute, but there's this great – this great opportunity laid over here. He's saying, well, let's have a special kind of government over here that, that, that takes care of that because it's so important. I agree with you, Bob. It is so important. Let's get the government to do it correctly and solve it during through the political process we already have that should be improved. Bob, what do you say about that? I'd say if people will vote for the projects that Russ and I agree on, uh, we, we got a winner on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that's it, the best we can do. That, that, that was pretty that, good. That's I, pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, and, but there's one other thought that just occurred to me, which is that Bob, it, it also sounds like you're you feel like Russ, from your point of view, spending is going up and up and up and up. You're seeing like you don't. That's not see- my point of view. That's not my point of view. That's no, no. called a fact. That's a fact. You can debate whether it's money well spent, but you can't debate the government has gotten bigger. It's you, have, gotten bigger. You, have, you have an empirically supported point of view that is uh, uh, some people call it a fact, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but, but, but my point is simply that you're, you, you see that happening and you think there's, there's, there, is not, there is not this crisis that Bob, you see, which is sort of like there is not uh, – government is not – in danger of withering away, there is not. There's, there's. It's in, in fact, it's spending more and more money. Bob, what, what about that? Don't you, you? But you see something different when you look at those same set of facts, right? Do, do you dispute? Do you dispute those facts? By, by international standards, we have a very small public sector. Uh huh. It has grown That's... over time because uh, M- Medicare generation has gotten much, much bigger with the baby boomers retiring. It's going to grow further as more of that happens. Social Security is going to consume a a bigger share of the GDP uh, precisely for demographic reasons. But if you factor all that out and look at us versus other nations, uh, we have seen a downward trajectory relative to the norm, uh, and, and that's a fact. Russ, is it conceivable? And so, so you, whoa, whoa, you could, you whoa, could whoa, imagine. Whoa. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Wait a minute. First of all, when you throw in state and local with federal, we're not that different from the rest of the world. You can debate whether that's the right way to spend our money, but our, the size of government in the United States 
It's about 40 percent of GDP, a little below maybe. It's been very close to 40 percent in the nations that, that you're talking about that are the norm. Uh, it's higher than that in some of them, but it's lower in others. And I don't know why their norm should be our norm. I don't know what norm means in that. I, I'm only saying government's gotten a lot bigger. There should be plenty of money to spend on crucial things government should be doing, roads, bridges, infrastructure, water systems. I don't want uh, necessarily private bridges. I'm willing to go with you, Bob, on that. But the question is, why doesn't the current system fix those already? And I think the answer is either they're not a problem as big as you think it is or the system is working really badly, in which case I think you ought to be trying to fix the system. I know you are. We're yeah, on the same side you and, you and I would both like to fix the system. And yeah. as, as for whether it's a problem, I, I would urge listeners to rely on your own sensory inputs. You and you and you, the two of you actually came up with us with six a six plank platform, which I'm not sure you, you knew that you were coming up with a six plank platform, <laughs> but a six plank platform of things that government should be doing, no brainers that government should be doing that government is not doing. So, so I, the the two of you understand. It seems like you are on the same side in that. That that that. There uh, we go. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, so celebrate that, Alex. That, <laughs> yeah, uh, we did that. That's, that's hey, the best hey, we're exactly. gonna do. I'm, I'm okay. I think that's good. Uh, is anybody any closer to uh, Bob? Do you have any any more doubts about your idea now after this conversation, or, or Russ? Are you any more sold? It's fine uh, if no. I'm just wondering. I, I I'm I I meant the proposal to be completely uncontroversial, and I still think it is. And I clearly need to spend more time with Bob so he can <laughs> further educate me to his, as to its virtues. But I appreciate him trying. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Good to talk Thanks, to you guys. guys. Okay. Bye now. Thanks, Bob. This is Econ Talk, part of the Library of Economics and Liberty. For more Econ Talk, go to econtalk.org, where you can also comment on today's podcast and find links and readings related to today's conversation. The sound engineer for Econ Talk is Rich Goyette. I'm your host, Russ Roberts. Thanks for listening. Talk to you on Monday.